Good evening, family. I didn't get to say hello to nearly everybody because 
I don't know about you, but it's real jumpy today in this uh, chat. So hopefully I will keep up at the bottom and I'll be able to see everybody. But God bless you all. I hope you had an absolutely beautiful day. Um, before I even get into the show, guys, you know how this is. We we get prayers. Um, people asking for prayers, reaching out. I need one personally myself. Um, it's a lot going on right now. So before I even hit the intro, guys, if you would please bow your heads for just a quick little prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you again for another beautiful day. Dear Lord, there's a lot of people that are going through a lot of things right now, a lot of health issues. Um, so I just ask, dear Lord, that you be with uh, Ed, first and foremost, dear Lord, just be with his lovely lady and then to help her go through what she's going through right now. Just be here, be blessed her, dear Lord, be with Ed as well. Dear Lord, be with uh, Jeff's father right now who's having some heart problems. He's had them for a little bit and uh, had a sad diagnosis not too long ago. You know this, dear Lord. And he's having some troubles today. So, dear Lord, I just ask that you just be with uh, Jeff's father, be with his family as well, just to get him through these times. And, Father, please be with my father. Um, my father's going downhill. Um, it's getting worse uh, every week. And uh, I just am out of tears at the moment. To dear Lord, just please answer my prayers and be with my family as well. Help get through these times. Thank you for letting my twin sister and my stepmom, who is just a, a wonderful, good Christian woman, dear Lord, great person to be there with my father to help him through these times and just help him get home safely and help him uh, just heal as fast as possible, dear Lord. I love you with all of my heart. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. So guys, I'll tell you a little bit about that here in a moment. But first off, this is Kilted Christian, episode 512. It is Thursday. MSM Liars is here with us, and we're going to talk about naps. Now, we'll probably get into more than that, but naps are always a great conversation. Guys, once again, Kilt the Christian, episode 512. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, rise to many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. All right, once again, for those of you that did not get a chance to say hello to, God bless you, and thank you so much for being here. We'll see how long the show stays up, because apparently Conley's went down, apparently Scott's went down, so we'll see if Podbean's going to behave itself here tonight, I think, so uh, God, just get us through this show. Thank you very much. But guys, yeah, so uh, quick before I even bring John in to let you know, um, so Jeff's father um, was diagnosed with some major heart issues a while back, and he was given a, a time limit, um, you know, how long he will be here. And then today, I guess his blood pressure dropped severely, and uh, he reached out for prayers. And as you guys know, we always uh, pray for our brothers and our sisters who are in need. My father um, ended up with some kind of uh, super crazy flu or something. I'm not sure what it is, um, but he had some fluid in his lungs, had to go to the ER today. So I know that uh, they're giving him some antibiotics and stuff like that. Um, I will keep you guys updated as that goes on. Um, I will not be doing a show Friday, Saturday, or Sunday because there's a good possibility that I'm going to be heading over and visiting my dad. I need to make sure that uh, I see him as much as I possibly can because uh, sadly, you know, he's getting worse and worse. Um, you know, you know, he had his mental problems. He's going through Alzheimer's, um, Lewy body um, syndrome, just multiple things. He's getting to the point where he no longer has control over certain parts of his body that we do, that we take for granted. And, uh, yeah, it just, uh, I had a conversation with them, um, over the last couple of days and the conversation just all over the place. Uh, so I just kind of play along. I just go right along with it. So when my dad changes the subject in the middle of a subject, 
you know, we're just here to make them feel comfortable, confident, and happy as long as they are here. And uh, I am so blessed to have the stepmom that I've got because uh, she's, like I said, she's a good Christian woman, one of the best people I think that could be with my father right now because of her commitment to Jesus. And that's more than his illness and that stuff getting taken care of. We worry about the same thing that we worry about many of our family members, and that is their salvation and their connection with Jesus Christ. So my father is, um, you know, we have more conversations about God than we ever have in my life. You know, so my stepmother is really doing a good job of rubbing off and showing him that importance. Uh, and they're going to church, as, you know, whenever he's up to it, which, you know, is it, kind of hit or miss these days because some days he just can't even get out of bed. So, you know, we just have to love and appreciate every moment that we have with our family members, those that we love, those that have turned against us, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we need to make amends. We need to come together. I'm trying to keep my tears back. This is just a tough one. Um, but like I said, as you just show everyone that love, whether they've turned on you, whether they've called you names, whether they're the opposite political party and they hate you because of what you believe in, whether they're not Christian and they hate you because of your Christian beliefs, our job right here is to try to lead them down towards the Lord and to show them that love because life is short. God granted us today. He did not promise us tomorrow. So, uh, embrace every moment while you can that being said guys we're gonna go ahead and bring in my brother one of my favorite people on this earth john msm liars how are you doing brother i am doing good man it it brought up a lot of memories hearing you talk about your dad of course i know man and i'm like looking over at you thinking here i am complaining and you know you've lost yours not too long ago um and you know you walk down into your garage and that's one thing though is that i, I just have mad respect is that you, you mourned and you mourned with me and you know but you embrace those happy memories which is what we have to do you know what i'm saying yeah. like we can't mourn death we need to celebrate life and i'm a firm believer of that but you know it's also time for tears it's also time just to let it all out let the waterworks come out it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man true men can cry on those right occasions oh, you know what i'm saying like i'll break my arm and not cry but i'll cry over the loss of a dog or a family member or a friend or something like that so we just need to tough it out and Every time that I've gone to your house, um, you brought me downstairs into your, you know, garage, but I call it, it's your studio. My um, garage studio. And your dad blessed you with so many, like, I mean, oh my goodness, guys, if you are into music, you would just drool walking down and seeing all of these guitars oh, yeah. and basses and drums. And, and I'm talking some of the, the sweetest amplifiers. I'm talking like the old school stuff that, that just you know, that, that kind of brings back memories when we were younger doing everything analog, you know, and your father, one of those, uh, one of the amps that you had was like just this beautiful old school amp. And you always get a smile on your face when you walk down there because your father blessed you with your love for music. And I know that you're going to be getting back together with some of your old bandmates here coming up soon and just having some little jam sessions. And, and guys, I don't know if you knew this. I'm sorry, John, I'm gonna make you blush, but fortunately you're, we, we're on radio. Um, John is a phenomenal musician, guys. I, uh, I had the, the honor of listening to some of the stuff that he has done with, um, his older bands while we were helping that lady, um, put the, the fireplace in. Oh yeah. And, yeah. um, man, it was absolutely remarkable. It was done on what a four track or an eight track, but an the, track, but the analog tape, and eight track, yeah. all analog, man. But, but you know, you're, you're really talented. The band was really talented. The music was just well done. You wrote some of those, um, some of those songs yourself. 
And yep. even for, like I said, I mean, cause we were all so proud of what we would film back in the day on a four track or an eight track. We were like, yeah, you know, but today the digital, just the remarkable stuff they can do, it still sounded so high quality. And, uh, and like I said, it's just one of those blessings that was passed down from your father to you. Um, you got all of his old instruments and everything, you know, so you're, you're carrying on his legacy. Oh yeah. Even more than that, it was, uh, the blessing that I had with my dad before he passed away was watching him come to forgiveness for the things he'd done in life yeah, and, and watching him realize the mistakes he had made and apologizing for things that he might've done, which wasn't needed for me, but it was needed for him. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and for and, you, cause you gotta, you know, you, you have a little comfort knowing that, it, you know, that he, that he, yeah, that he repented and, you know, so forth. Um, and he, uh, it's interesting, after he passed away, I found a letter that he had wrote when he was 10 years old um, asking Santa Claus to be a pastor for Christmas. That's what he wanted to be, oh, was, wow. a, was a pastor. So he was always pretty close to God, you know. Things in the world and things in life pull you away from that at times, like it does everybody. I don't think anybody's free of that, being pulled away from God at times. Um but yeah, to to watch him fall back into that and fall back into, hey, I need to write the things I've done wrong in life before I go. Because he knew he was dying. My yeah. dad knew six months before he was dead yeah. that he was going, that that he knew something was really wrong and that there was nothing that anybody could do to stop it at that point. Yeah. He understood the vaccine had done to him. Yeah. And that's the sad part is that I believe Jeff's father, I know my father, um, all got double vax boosted and everything else. Um, no matter how much I tried to tell them, you know, sadly now they're listening, but you know, it's a little too late for that. Cause I can't pull the shot out of them. And my father's kind of at the same point. I think a lot of my family is, we know that the time's coming close and it's a hard one to deal with, especially because um he's lost brothers over the last uh, year or so as well, who also were vaccinated. One of my uncles literally got Alzheimer's and died of Alzheimer's within three months. That's how fast this thing moved. And it was because the, 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 the shot, you know, sadly. Well, his brother died nine months before he did. Yeah, exactly. You know, and this is kind of, you know, scenarios repeating themselves and, and it's difficult. You know, it's one thing though, that I am blessed is it to my father is a, he's a very red man extremely intelligent man. Um, you got, you talk to, I mean, he reads something, he memorizes it. He knows his, well, he knows the history we're taught, you know, nonetheless, though, is that he, as far as what he was taught, like, it's amazing. But, you know, the Bible was kind of the same way to him is that, you know, I went to church as a child, um, but it was more like they brought us and they went out of obligation. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to go to church on Sunday, but then you have the rest of the week, which wasn't so Bro. Christian. Um, you know, so I wasn't I, I never embraced my um, my faith in Christ and my relationship with Christ until over the last six years. But I dove head first, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, it's time, you know, because, you know, finally found God. You know what I'm saying? I was introduced to him, but then I found him myself in a, in a once, very strong way. And, and, yeah, once it enters your heart, the the, uh, the quest becomes almost paramount. Yeah, exactly. Ex you know, it's, it, it's desire a, to seek that truth. It's, it's harder to walk away than it is to, to hold the line, you know, when you truly have that relationship. Because it is. Because your your brain is now it's almost like it's rewired when you're reborn. It's almost like it's rewired, and uh, 
you know, so it's it, kind of a cool thing it, because you, you, you check yourself at this point. And that's the really hard thing, I think, for Christians to explain to a non-Christian of what it means to find Christ. It's a really difficult thing to explain that change that happens to you. Yeah. And when you have that change, it is real and it is fundamental and it is a core change. So it, it's that's a very difficult thing to explain to people, I think. It, it is. And you know, the only way I can explain it, because you know, I've talked about my past many times. I'm not embarrassed about it because I'm a different man today than I was then. And our testimonies, I've said before, are very powerful. But I was explaining it to especially people that are abusing alcohol or drugs. And I'm like, look, I know this is going to be hard to hear and believe. I'm like, but once you find God, once you accept Christ into your heart, like it's greater than any drug you've ever taken, you know, and, and that's the best way that I could explain it because it like it just it livens up your soul your body you know it just you find happiness and sadness you find courage and fear there's just i mean it's literally like better than any drug you've ever taken in your entire life um you know so and it's hard to explain that especially to someone who's trying to break their old habits but that's the beauty that's the thing is that you know god has with us from the beginning of our lives we make decisions we have free will but we also can use our hardest times to influence and give others courage to walk down that path and find what we have. But it doesn't work just through words. They need to see it. And, you know, and the, like we say, the fruits that you bear. So when they come across you and they hear you talking about God, they're like, wow, man, you're really excited. It's like listening to Jeff talk about God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, man, you know. Well, they see it in the way you live because you're living prudent. You're living sane. You're living a moral life. And you've made all the amends you need to make with the people around you. Amen. Amen. And they can see that in you, and and it's it's a different look from yeah. people that are envious or jealous or still have those broken relationships that they haven't forgiven themselves for. Exactly. And, you know, it's easier sometimes to forgive others than it is to forgive yourself because we live with ourselves. You know, we assume that everyone sees the turmoil in our lives. Um, you know, we assume that everybody knows you know, the things that we do good, the things that we do bad. The thing is, though, is that no one other than God knows but you. You know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things, and I'm like, you know, you can find this too. It's not hard. It's literally as simple as getting on your knees and saying, I love you, Christ. I, I believe that you died on that cross for my sins, and you are my chance at salvation. You know, so I accept you fully into my heart. It's that simple. And then the it's baptism, that, everything what? just changes. It's difficult for people. We have remote control. It's difficult for people to get up and change the channels on a TV without a remote control. Yeah. Uh, it becomes more difficult every day, it seems. Yeah. But he's always there. He's always, it's always right there. It's all about seeking. It, it really is, you know, and one of the ways that I can see that my father is finding um, Christ again or for the first time, I really can't say. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I knew he talked about Jesus. I knew that, you know, he would take us to church, but I never felt that, you know, and then plus he did some pretty bad things, you know what I'm saying, that I witnessed throughout my life. Um, but he was one of those, those dads, like straight up military dad. I'm sure many of you have one of those yourselves. And it was like, you know, you'd say, dad, I love you. And he would be like, me too, or ditto. And, and, you know, it, you know, three years goes by and you finally get to see each other again because you've been separated from state to state or country to country. And you, and he comes up and he gives you a handshake, you know what I'm saying? But now 
it's hugs. And he never ceases to say, I love you before he gets off the phone. Um, so the relationship is, is becoming stronger today than it ever has been before. Right. And what I, I really, I, something that really helped me come to terms with my dad passing was if he would have had three more years and there were quality years and something traumatic would have happened to end his life, would he have found that same forgiveness and would he have found that same salvation that he found with the anticipation of his own death? I don't know. Yeah. You know, exactly. there, there were no chances taken knowing that he was going to die. Yeah. I see. And that's the thing is that there is no chance. I mean, and it's like that for anybody because, you know, some people know, some people have that feeling like my time is growing near, but we don't know on any given day, if our time is growing near because there's illness, but there's also like freak accidents, you know what I'm saying? Right. And that's why, you know, Jeff is really big about this. I do too, is it's like, you know, there's no better chance than right now to find God in your life because you don't know if you're even going to wake up tomorrow. And we Trauma take that, is still the leading cause of death. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Whether it's automobiles or falling off ladders. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the other things, you know, um, I think right now the, um, the, the poisons and vaccinations and all this stuff in the world probably going to trump some of those other things. Cause you know, one of the things that I was reading again, just recently about, you know, the, the COVID, the time period of COVID is that the overall death rate went down and people are like, Oh, why was that? And it's like, you know, so many people are dying. Well, it's because everyone was in their homes, you know what I'm right. saying? No car yeah, crashes. If you're stuck in down. your house, no, no pianos falling on your head out of a New York, you know, high rise, you know, you don't have to deal with any of those, those unforeseen incidences when you're stuck in your house. Right. Yeah. There's a dramatic decrease in traumatic events during that time period. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I just, it makes you appreciate those loved ones, the family that's right here with us now, the ones that's going to be listening later, all the people are coming on, you know, the Conley is having to deal with some rough times right now as well. Um, you know, it, especially when you reach those first holidays. And if I'm not mistaken, this is your first Christmas without your father. It is my second. second okay. So it happened right before it last Christmas. Before Christmas. Christmas. Okay, yeah. Okay. Last Christmas, um, last May. You know, but it's a, it's a tough one, you know what I'm saying? Because you got to live that. And then you got the birthdays and the little anniversaries and it just kind of reignites mm -hmm. that, you know? So it's one of those things is it enjoying the memory, celebrating the life um, rather than mourning the death. Cause the last thing I want to do is just walk around bummed out all the time, you know? And right. the thing is, is all that the death was sad. The life was beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the thing with the COVID vaccines, the thing with all the stuff that goes on um, in the world, I'm sure we're going to talk about some of it here soon. Yes, we are. The, the, the slow um, expiration that's happening because of the injections and the constant waiting for something to happen to people that we would like to see held accountable, it creates an apathy. You know, and, and I think that's one thing they use against us is is apathy. One thing they use and create in us is apathy. Over time, we start getting immune to these things. Yeah, we get desensitized and, you know, <clears throat> right. in many ways. Uh, and it, it's it's sad, you know, because I find myself, you know, many times, you know, jaded, a little desensitized. And it's like, man, so to imagine the kids, you know, at least we grew up in a time where we still mourned. We would see someone getting beat up and, and our hearts would break and we would jump in to help that person rather than pulling cameras out. Like the kids are so desensitized. They're growing up this way that they've 
lost their heart. In, in a, and we in a had way. time to step away. Yeah. There wasn't an instant return to something else that was happening. Yeah. You know, sometimes it took days for us to figure out news that was going on. Yeah, you're right. You know, because um, I mean, when we grew when we were small, I think a lot of us here, most of us here in this chat right now, will you know, kind of grew up roughly in the same time period. We had what three channels when I was a kid. Yeah, we had, like we had three and one sort of some of the time. Yeah, and then and then like uh, I think it was Jay Wu said, you know, we were the remotes. It was Dad going, "Hey, go change the channel." Or uh, stand right there and don't move. Um, touch the antenna, the, the little rabbit ear antennas, you know. Right. Uh, so Tur <laughs> Turf grew up in a time where he didn't have to deal with this stuff right here. We, uh, like I said, we we had like this is back in the day when I grew up that Nickelodeon wasn't even a network yet. It was like a three hour block on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We had. Uh, I remember the first VCR, the first microwave oven coming to the house. Yeah. Yeah. I, do. I remember, I remember the battle first. That's what I was about to say. My dad was like, do we get the VHS or do we get the Betamax? Yeah. We started with beta. Um, and I've, I told you before, and this is, it's disgusting, but it shows you how much influence the porn industry has on everything in this world. People don't realize if you, I don't watch it, that they're not still influenced by it because it was that industry that made VHS stand out and that's why beta flop Betamax was actually a higher quality tape and product it was but but that industry chose vhs so they mm -hmm. ended up going that direction and then it also chose uh high definition blu-ray you know what i'm saying so it went so literally they're the ones that that kind of run that whole market you know so um and it's weird because you remember watching in school watching the film projectors remember the sound that when the when the time to change over the next reel or or the old laser disc which was like a dvd but it was the size of a record yeah oh yeah oh yeah so like i said it's it's crazy going through this time we've had so much technology just explode here in the last couple of years it makes what we saw bit by bit failing comparison to what you know how fast technology moves today and and i've come to know as well the technology that we have in our hands today has been around for a long time cassette tapes jay Wu talked about cassette tapes i remember driving around in my car with my first cassette player and you'd have to listen to the whole thing and then you know fortunately those flipped over but you remember the old um what was it the eight was it the eight track um, they used to yeah. have in the cars where you had to like click the button in order to flip it to the other side. Well, I was born just after I I was uh, driving just after the eight tracks kind of went away. I uh, my first car had an eight track. Um, it we'd already moved into cassettes, but you know this is how you showed your love for someone back in the day is sitting there for hours like making, making a mixtape. Mix <laughs> uh, you know what is funny too? Um, speaking of the mixtapes, it's like I'll be out somewhere you know at a mall or something and i'll hear a song playing and in my head i can hear the next song that comes on an old mixtape that i made that's you, funny you know what i'm saying so it's just because you you spent so much time on them you'd listen to them for a long time oh yeah you know at so, least until they got eight or got pulled out by the cassette head yeah exactly eventually when when you pull it out and then you know we all fixed them the same way with a pencil we just stick a little pencil in there and and reel those things back up together you tape it like mary holland says tape together like you know, 
you know, um, and now we're, we're on to files. We don't even need DVDs or CDs or any of that stuff anymore. Matter of fact, I don't even know if I own any CDs anymore. I still have one cassette tape. It's Queensryche Empire. Oh, nice. Yeah. I still have a lot of VHS tapes, though, because I'm like, one of these days are going to be worth some money because I've got like, I've got an unopened original Clockwork Orange. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I bet that one's probably going to worth some money sometime. Probably more over in, in Great Britain because it, it was uh, on a permanent moratorium. So a moratorium for a video means they've removed it from the market. You can no longer watch it. It's actually illegal for me to bring it over there because um, Clockwork Orange, if you guys haven't watched that movie, exposes MK Ultra like at a very early time in the government's involvement and all this stuff. Um, you know, so I don't think the cassette I have is worth anything. It's open anyways, but I kept it specifically because it was given to me by a guy that was a meth addict. And he hadn't eaten in a while, and his apartment had no food in it. So I took him groceries over to his house, and he gave me that tape for bringing him groceries. Oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. Devo says uh, that that uh, BHS has a 10 to 15-year limit. I just assumed that uh, the reason they were short-lived is because you had to rewind those things, and it was always that hard stop. If you ever worked in a Blockbuster, I worked in a Blockbuster, you'd have to like rewind all the videos. And uh, it was like really quick rewind and a really hard stop. So I figured after doing that so many times, they, the ribbons just ripped. Yeah. Yeah, they had that sticker on all their cassettes, of course, yeah. that you would get a Be kind, for, rewind. Or get 50 cent penalty for not rewinding. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, too many too many employees were complaining about that. I'm so tired of having to rewind those things, but I wasn't any better. You know, I'd go rent a movie and forget to rewind it, bring it back in. I'm like, oh, great, another penalty. They had never paid. Little Red says that I never paid. Nope. <laughs> they had the fancy VH, v, VHSs that had the auto rewind function on them. So when a movie got finished, it would rewind automatically. Yep. That was right in time for uh, right in time for um, DVDs and all that stuff to come out. You know, I remember uh, just to age myself is when I was in film school. Remember, I went to school first for psychology, ended up going back to school for film. So I was 26 years old in film school. I'm the oldest one in the class, never been on a computer before, had to lean over and like most embarrassing question I had to ask the kid next to me like, how do you turn this on? <laughs> I didn't want to like, as far as my, my head, I'm not going to push the wrong button and destroy the, the equipment. Um, so he taught me how to turn this thing on. But, but even then, um, I was turning in uh, VHS. As my final product, my senior year, I was handing in VHS. Um, DVD got big right after that. Uh, digital video, um, HD didn't come out till years later. Um, we were doing, uh, you know, we were taught linear and nonlinear editing, but there weren't many nonlinear editing systems out there. So, you know, we we were basically, you know, taught both ways. But now everything's on a computer. So I've learned more since I've graduated than I did while I was at school because. The games change, you know, there's no long, no, no analog any longer. It's all digital, um, all well, computer animation. The whole digital uh, revolution was done for a reason, if you ask me, no, because of the loop patents. No, they're to distract us, to keep everybody looking down instead of looking up. The devil's plan. And, uh, you know, I can't say that I'm any less guilty of that. You know, I'm on the phone looking at news all the time, reading scripture, you know, planning, you know, so it's like I'm, I'm literally sitting there. Um, well, that and the uh, the electronic, the the neuron control using electronic media only works in a digital field. It doesn't work with analog signals. Yes. So, 
Yep. They can't they can't control neurological function with an analog signal. It has to be a digital signal. Which is why they now have 5G everywhere. Yeah, and then frequencies frying our brains, making us all ill. Um, yeah, I've got I think I've got something lined up tonight about that. So let's get into a little bit of news, John. You ready let's for this? It. All right, man. Let's talk about the world. So, you know, this is interesting. You know, we we joked the other night. We were just like, you know, when when other people leave their countries that they don't like where do they go they come to america you know what i'm saying this is like the land of the free well this was the land of the free um but we're saying you know where do we go now now that our country is kind of right. going down that third world rat hole and a lot of people right here in the chat were saying the same thing it's like i'm going to russia like so maybe we, russia we, right just imagine saying something like that back in the 60s and the 70s you know and here we are we're like I'm going to Russia and we're serious because it's, it's better right now than it is here in many ways. Um, we got to change all of this. Um, without a question, Argentina, Debbie Crawford is looking pretty good right now too. I like what that guy's doing. Matter of fact, I'm gonna be talking about him in just a moment. We talked about it once before too. Edgar Casey predicted that Russia, Russia would be the hope of the world, but not based in communism, based on freedom. Yeah, exactly. And, and, they're turning that right now. They're the ones that are calling out the deep state. They're calling out the cabal. They're calling out the Satanists. They're calling out the child traffickers. They are, have built a lot of churches, more churches than most countries over the last couple of years. The only country, and it's a shocker, that has taught that is China. Right. Is it the Christianity over in China is growing like pretty hardcore? Matt and Hev says anti LGBTQ plus. Um, same thing is that you know they're they're not falling in like. Putin knows what they're trying to do, and he's making sure that this doesn't happen in his country um, like it's happening in our country under this administration specifically, but Obama as well. But this is a continuation. Um, we, we all know that Obama is running this show right now, and fun, this is funny right here, man. It's not real funny, but it's funny that I caught this. So the movie The Civil War that we talked about that's going to be coming out at the beginning of next year. They mention in this movie, and it's a real quick, quick um, wording inside of the trailer that says our third term president. Interesting, huh? Right. You know, yeah. See, we joke. There are more than two consecutive terms, but it, I don't think it says anything about non-consecutive. And I forgot to check that last night. We talked about it briefly. I forgot to check because I know that you can't run more. You can't run three terms in a row, but I don't right. know if you can like take a couple of administrations off and then jump back into the game. But in the movie, it literally specifically talks about um, certain states that seceded from the union. It talked about um, the third term president. Um, you know, Could he so actually for, win? What's that? Could he actually win again? I don't, I don't know if he could or not. Cause a lot of people have woken up to that tyranny, but um, when you put him next to Biden, people will be like, man, I'm going to vote for him over Biden. And, you still have the, the Trump haters, you know, the ones that just will not vote Republican because it's Trump. Right now. Um, so anyways, Russia, this is this is hilarious. So 11th grade Russian textbooks are teaching students that Trump lost 2020 in a rigged election. So that's literally in their their textbooks that they're they're reading right now. So they're teaching their kids the true history of the world. Yeah. So Devo says that you cannot do more than two terms ever. So that's kind of what I thought. I just wasn't 100% sure. And uh, you're, you're right, Debbie. It's all selected anyways. Um, you know, Trump's kind of the only outcast as far as I know, but I'm still very cautious about this because we've been deceived every which way. I'll say it again. 
if I was to vote today, I'd vote for Trump. No question. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do it with optimistic cautiousness. Bated breath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bated breath, man. I'm like, I'm going to do this, but don't think that I'm not watching you. Um, at this point, you know, and other than everyone standing up and, and going to arms, I don't know what we could do to change this mess. Um, it, it's 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 just a huge mess. Um, but I think it's hilarious though that Russia is literally over there teaching in their textbooks that this right here is uh opt to caution. I like that, Jay Wu. Um, you know that they're actually over there telling the truth over there to their their students and so forth. Um, well, I mean, I remember hiding under my desk in school or them telling me to hide under my desk in school for Russian nuclear bomb fallout. I remember that. Yeah. We, yeah. Like, yes. You know, what's going to save you guys a sturdy desk. That's yeah, right. I got paddled for that one because I told the teacher she was stupid for expecting the desk to save us from a nuclear I know. bomb. I'm like, so are you telling me that nuclear waste and uranium can't like seep underneath my desk? Are you trying to <laughs> keep the roof from falling on me? Um, I'm not quite sure how this works, but yeah, I was, I always thought it was funny. Like to me, it makes more sense for like a tornado or something, but come on, a nuclear bomb. I don't think a desk is going to do very much to save us. It'll, it'll, we'll, we'll be obliterated from this regardless. Right. Well, I, I think it's hard propaganda for us to get over at our age. Now, when we look at Russia, we think Russia, the bad guy still, to this a day. lot of our heads are automatically drawn to that bias because we hid under our desk from them in the 80s because of nuclear bombs. Yeah, we've all we've all been programmed. Unfortunately, many of us have broken that programming, but it's that simple. You know, the media is like Russia bad and everybody's like, yes, Russia bad. And all of a sudden right. they're out there supporting Ukraine. And I'm like, you guys done any research on Ukraine? Trust me. New Russia is a whole lot better than the new Ukraine. Um, mm -hmm. So that's coming to an end. Uh, they're actually having talks about this right now, about ending that war officially, and they're going to have negotiations and talk, and they're probably going to have to hand over some of Ukraine over to Russia. And I'm like, why didn't you do that to begin with? You could have literally have stopped like a million plus deaths if you had just negotiated to begin with. But how do you because money long? The plan was for us to get involved in a war with Russia. Exactly. Exactly. And it failed. And it failed. And then they tried it with uh with uh Israel and Palestine, and that's really not working out too well. So they'll push the next one. Eventually they'll try to push a civil war here. Because Biden, you're right, um, great Papa Steve, but Biden wants war. They Definitely. will push it to the point where would they need another nine eleven or Pearl Harbor? Exactly. And we're entering um we're entering some very crazy, very crazy, crazy times. You know, we uh need to unify together not divide the devil's doing every geeky thing he can to divide us all together and uh you know that being that being said you know i talked to scott today and uh we're going to be going on uh bards fm i think next week or the week after just to kind of talk about you know letting things go and the importance of unification right now more than ever because 2024 is going to be one of those years that we have to come together we we can't be divided we can't quibble over little things any longer you know because the thing is, is we're always going to have our differences i don't care how good of a christian you are you, you're going to have differences and we just need to to let go move on and realize that there's other bigger things to worry about you know so right now it's a matter of i think uh curly 64 says tribe up you know and and that's exactly what needs to happen right now so letting go of differences coming together unification and you know this is how we're going to make that difference because trust me the devil 
is doing everything he can to divide us right now because he knows that we're weaker in separate groups. If we come together as one big group, you know, we can conquer anything, especially in the name of Christ. But but Christ needs us to unify. He wants us to come together. He wants us to unify. You I'm know, glad he reached out to you, man. Was that? I'm glad he reached out to you. I'm glad that's happening. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a, a good conversation, and I'll keep you guys updated on when that's going to happen as well. Um, you know, but we do. We 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 quibble over too many things, and we just— like I said, we just need to let that stuff go because look, anything that that we may disagree on um, is nothing compared to the things we need to unify over. And that's the problem right now is 2024 is going to be a crazy year. We, we've seen some pretty crazy years over the last, you know, two or three years, most definitely. I mean, I would say six, you know, as long as Trump's been in there because it's been nothing but, you know, hate division going after and trying to ruin people. You know, just it's been crazy. But what we're walking into I'm going to call this the year of desperation and it's not us. It's them. The, the deep state, the elite, they're very desperate right now. And you know, when you back a wolf into a corner, you, you trap a wolf in a trap, the wolf will chew its arm off to get out. So oh, yeah. imagine what happens when they're back into a corner. And this yeah. is the thing is that we need to come together at this point and, uh, and you know, defeat that wolf because that wolf is about to come after us. And that wolf will drop nukes on us. That, that wolf, will bring us to civil war if it can it'll do anything possible to maintain control but more importantly keep the good people from gaining control and, well, and you can see what happens with just the founding of our nation as a whole we had literally two sects we had federalist and non-federalist and those differences were set aside for basic core values that they found in both both sets of of ideas oh yeah so one of the key things I think as a nation is we have to get back to a set of core values. Yes. I think we've lost our core value set as a nation. And if we hold on to a set of core values, it's a lot harder to uh, divide us based on these small little differences. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's one thing even here, we're, we're building a little community. There's a lot of people that are going to be moving over this direction because we need to, to watch each other's backs. We need to have each other's six, you know, and that's the thing is that, God is is making moves right now. He's moving people around. He's shuffling around the, the chessboard and bringing people together so that we can, you know, watch out for each other. You know, we've got um, a brother just to the north of Street Patriot. Um, you know, and I'm hoping he comes down here and he fights right along with it. You know, there's a lot of people here that I would fight hand in hand, side by side in any any war for freedom, for God or anything like that. And God has blessed us with the ability to come together. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we need to bring all the groups together at this point. Yeah. So, um, it's not uh, easy feat. Uh, something we've been trying to do with that worldwide freedom groups that I've had set up for years on Telegram. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's slow moving. Now, I, say that. It, it really is, but there's going to be a point here soon where everything speeds up, you know. Um, it's going to happen because people are going to, th there's, there's a red line that's coming. And, you know, I, I thought we would have already have reached it because many of us, we've reached our precipice. We've, we reached our precipice a while back. We're just waiting for the, uh, the sleepers to, to wake up a little bit and it's coming, it's coming. They're, they're not going to get around it. And I don't think it's going to take long. It's not going to be like something that happens around October of 2024. Things are going to get mad quick you know from the epstein stuff that's supposed to come out um which i hear they're already trying to um disobey the orders of the judge that demanded that these be released um today 
right as Colorado put Trump back on the ballot, Maine pulls Trump off the ballot. You know what I'm saying? So like, so they know, they know that Trump has so many people that are going to vote for him that they don't know if they're going to be able to cheat enough the way that they usually cheat. So they're having to start their little cheating early by removing them from ballots and all this other stuff. So, and it hadn't even, we're, we're still, you know, what, four days away from new year's. Yeah. Three seasons and, uh, three quarters or three seasons is a lot of time for stuff to happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, get prepared guys. We'll be here for each other. We'll be bringing you that news. We'll be praying together. We will watch each other's backs, you know, got Matt and Hev. They're going to go get themselves some grenade launchers and blow torches. And we got them right over here as well. So it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see uh Matt out there with his flame. So he's going to have the big one. That's a big dude, man. <laughs> he's the guy I want right there next to me on the battlefield. Everybody be turning the other way and running. Him and Punky out there flaming. Was that? Yeah, exactly. And then Punky, I think she got one for Christmas. Like, literally got a flamethrower for Christmas. How awesome is that, man? She's been talking about that for so long. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It literally cleared driveway quick with those of snow. No, no lie. I didn't even think about that, man. It's not just a great weapon. I See, that's why I still want a lightsaber, man. So many uses for a lightsaber. Just walk yeah. out there, clean off your driveway. Um, Preaching safe walls. Cut through steel. Oh, wait, I didn't mean that, did I? No, 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 you didn't. You didn't say that out loud. <laughs> you know, you can use it as a defensive weapon. You can use it as an offensive weapon. You can cauterize yourself. It's like a medical tool, too, man. Come on, guys, get to the get on the ball, man. Make us some lightsabers. I remember I mean, as a kid, that was a toss. We have all this technology from back then, and it's been fifty years now. And we don't have lightsabers. I know. I mean, because I remember how excited I was when uh when Return of the Jedi came out and I was like, I want a Boba Fett jetpack, you know, and they've got those things now. They've got like jetpack versions, air versions, water versions. Like they've got like yeah. every kind you can think of, but no lightsabers. Not yet. They've got their versions of them, but I don't know if they figured out how to stop light yet. Otherwise, yeah. I don't just... think any of them are actual. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Plasma. Yeah, exactly. Kind of plasma. I'm not picky. I don't care what color it is. I just want a lightsaber. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I'd take a blue one. What I'd take the weakest color. Oh yeah, exactly. I, I'll go with a, uh, I'll go with the Yoda. If I have my choice, I'll go with green. Um, yeah, I like the greens. I like the reds, but the reds are for the bad guys. That's for the dark side. So yeah, I think I have to go green too. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be one. You don't want to be them. They've got good cookies on the dark side, but that's it. Um, All right. So I'm going to play this little clip right here too. So this guy right here, his name's Harry Fisher. He was working in New York City um, when a nurse told him that she was working on the trials for the COVID-19 shot. L listen to this. And a lot of these people are going to be held accountable. And it's more sad the people that knew what they were dealing with and still kept pushing this thing. Um, and what's even more sad are the ones that were actually administering these vaccinations, knowing what these vaccinations were doing and refusing to get those vaccinations themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mimo knows Harry Fisher. Well, maybe then this will sound familiar. And this guy is awesome. Like I said, he's telling how it is. And I love how he says it right here. She warned me to be silent, but I'm not very good with silence. <laughs> nice. I like this guy already. I'm a paramedic heading to my job in Alaska, remote location. During the heart of COVID, I was working in lower Manhattan, New York City, Presbyterian Hospital. I was very vocal about the time that I did CPR in a Pfizer line. Very vocal. I had a friend pull me aside. She was a nurse. She told me I needed to be quiet, be careful. 
She said she worked on the trials for the shot. And she said she would never take the shot. She said she saw enough during those trials to never take the shot herself. That's an actual conversation I had in an ICU in lower Manhattan. It not only confirmed what I had seen, but it also made me feel sad because her and so many other friends of mine are too scared to speak up. We have to speak up. Paramedics and nurses don't take oaths, the Hippocratic Oath. We don't take those oaths, but we get in our line of work to help people. And we do it no matter what. Step up, people. I love you. God bless. See, that's awesome. And there's more and more people that are coming around, but there's a lot of people that literally knew what these trials were doing. They knew the side effects of these things. They, some of them refused to take them themselves, but they were pushing one others. And, and, you know, whether it's the, the ones who created these things or whether it's the ones that was administering them, you know, you're going to be held accountable because I can promise you at some point in your career during these last couple of years, somebody came up to you and tried to warn you about what these things were doing. You know, and, and whether you were like, well, I have to do it. You know what? This is my job isn't a great excuse, nor is, uh, you know what? Um, yeah, that's BS. You know, if someone brings it to you, you do a little bit of research at the very least. You just don't just push it away and not worry about it. So a lot of people are going to be held accountable for this at some point. And, you know, at, at the very least, it'll be on their deathbed when, when they're being judged by the Heavenly Father. But I'm hoping we see some of that justice right here on this earth. Um, and I'll get into another little thing that I've got saved here a little bit um, that went into one of my original theories. And this is like one of those weird theories um, is that, and, and I think we've talked about this, John, is that part of the reason they were pushing these through were to, to remove the God gene. So basically, according to the science, and, and at the very least, they believe this, you know what I'm saying? Even if it's not true, they believe this. So um, one of the guys that worked directly with Fauci came out and said that that's literally what they were doing. They were trying to figure out a way to alter and remove what they called the God gene or the gene. It's, it's the VMAT, VMAT 2 gene. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about then. They figured it out in like 2002 through the Department of Defense. And it's it's what allows us, you know, it's what allows the human to have that belief and that faith. And if they remove that that gene, it's like it's not impossible because in the Bible it says absolutely nothing, no one can separate you from me. You know, right. no one can separate you from God, and I, and I firmly believe that. Um, but in this right here, if you remember, right at the very beginning, some of the very first articles that I read about people that were vaccinated was um, yeah. uh, preachers that were talking about their sons or their daughters that were like just hardcore like every day, seven day a week, Christians love God. Their life was all about God. They got the vaccination and they watched their, their children get pulled away um, from their faith to the point where they weren't even going to church any longer. And, you know, so I, I ended up coming across this thing the other day that literally talked about this particular theory. And, you know, like I said, whether it's true or not, they believed it was possible. They believed it was true. And, it's no different than, um, in my opinion, it's no different than the, the building of the Tower of Babel. You know what I'm saying? It's like people trying to, to bypass God, 
um, you know, or to lead them to the false idols or whatever it is, but it's, it's kind of in that same category. So the devil's just up in his game a little bit, apparently. Um, and it doesn't surprise me because Fauci, a lot of people don't realize this is Fauci was one that created the, was working on the cures for AIDS, which he created AIDS to begin with coming up with the cure. The cure was Nigerian. Yeah. The the cure was killing people. There, There was a lot of talk about that. You know, um, there was a lot of talk about that back in the eighties and the nineties AIDS. It, you remember that, that, that was like their big, that was their, that the COVID of their time was Absolutely. AIDS and like you heard about it everywhere. News was always talking about it. Articles were written about it. Movies were made about it. Gia, you know, a bunch of different films were written about it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, so everyone was panicked back in the day. They, people were afraid to go out and, and sit on a toilet in public. Like it, it, it was hug each other. Yeah. They, people weren't hugging each other. Like it got really, really bad for a long time. And then that whole scare thing just kind of disappeared. And then it was replaced with something new. Was it Philadelphia tree Patriot? And good to see you brother. It um, was well, interesting about the pastor and the kids and, you know, does it change the personality or is it the fact that, they instilled fear in people to get this vaccine. And instead of trusting God, they, they, they trusted the vaccine. And see, and that's, that was the great decision. And, and it's sad because, you know, there's, I talked to a lot of people. I I had some of the biggest conversations. And when I was digging in originally, when this all came out, I was really curious. I'm like, well, what are, why are some people leaning towards and feeling comfortable taking this vaccination why are others so adamantly against it like myself so i started um asking questions i started like reading all the comments um you know that you know where people were having these conversations and the one thing that i deducted was the majority of the people that refused to take the vaccines had one thing in common they were christians and i'm not saying all i would i'm saying most and it's because people are like, look, I've got faith in God. I've got faith that that Jesus and God give us everything that we need to to get past anything, much less fear. Fear not. It's why God pounded that into our heads in Scripture is because fear was the pandemic, in my opinion. Um, that, that was the biggest thing of this whole pandemic was everyone was scared. So they basically, we, we immobilized ourselves. The you fear know? that fear is their currency of control. Exactly. But then I would talk to some Christians, you know, a lot of the churchgoers or whatever, they were like, well, no, God put um, doctors and, and, you know, science on this earth for this reason. And, you know, so then I go back and I talk about what is it, pharmacia and stuff like that, where literally it's like witchcraft. That's even talked about in scripture, um, you know, because God did give us what we need on this earth in order to heal ourselves. But most often it's the petal of a plant, the, the root, you know, that kind of stuff. It's not like you have to go mixing and and making concoctions or, you know, um, you know, so most everything that we need is right here on this earth. And then, you know, just like JD 23 says often, is it the majority, you know, and I disagree with them to a little extent is that I do believe that there are illnesses in this world, but I also agree a hundred percent that the majority of it comes from poisons that are being dropped on us in the sky um, stress. that we, yeah, stress, um, the fact that, you know, we consume things in our body every day that we just pull right off the counter at any grocery store, um, which Suggestive are horrible responses as well. 
Yeah, exactly. So cancer is a good example of this and heart disease. Before they started putting warning labels on cigarettes, we didn't have an epidemic of cancer and heart disease related to smoking, which Japan still does not have. Japan has the highest rate of smokers per capita and the lowest rates of cancers and heart disease. Yes. But they don't put warning labels on their cigarette packs. Yeah. We do. It's the biggest difference. No, exactly. See, that's the thing. As we talked about this before, it's it's like uh, sitting at home. You're not feeling good. You just suck it up. You deal with it. You take what you need to your zincs or whatever. You get over it. Um, but then you got those people that go to the hospital or the doctor every time that they're sick. And the doctor was like, well, sadly, I think you've got this, this, or this, and you've only got three months to live. And all of a sudden, like what really was nothing but like an occasional headache or a cramp or something every now and then turns into full blown cancer or whatever the disease is. And, and, and the stress is the biggest part of that because you don't let it go. You can't stop thinking about it. It consumes your life. Um, you start to fear literally all the things that the devil just tries to chunk up into our lives. Well, and how often do you go to the doctor and they're the first thing they ask you is, well, tell me about your diet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the first thing. That's the first thing you should ask, but they don't, you know, let's focus on your nutrition for a minute and see what we can do instead of take this pill and don't worry about changing any of the aspects of your life. Exactly. You know, true Patriot. Um, great point. He says, same with the scamdemic. I love that term scamdemic. Um, smokers didn't die. But by rights, they should have died first, you know, so during this whole, you know, this fear tactic, the scandemic, you figure that the smokers, that the, you know, the chain smokers would have been the first ones to go. Um, but if you remember, I can't remember what, who was it? It was uh, the chiropractor, the one that was talking, Dr. Artist. Yes. And, and I'll tell you, he, it was a little far out there. It was, you know, cause like everyone was trying to work with their theories at first. It was pretty far out there, but he had a good point is that. Tobacco um, is like an anti-venom, so it works against venom because he was convinced that these vaccinations actually had some kind of a snake venom or something in it. And, you know, look, I don't I don't ever jump on anybody or make fun of them for having their theories because we live in a world right now where nothing is off the board. So it, it absolutely every consideration would, must be cons- every, every possibility has to be considered. Yes, exactly. You have to consider that's how that's how you do hypothesis, how scientists works. You know what I'm saying is running through all the possible scenarios and coming to the common cause. And that's something you said earlier, you know, God puts wisdom and instilled wisdom in us. He gave us the ability to come up with science, but he, and like Matt and Hev said a minute ago, discernment, he also gave us the ability to go, I don't trust that science right now. And we shouldn't trust science right now because there's deception in here, whether it's whatever, whatever the reason may have been, there's deception going on and I don't trust it no. should have been the answer. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, um, truth or excuse me, truth Patriot says, you know, secret venom, a Devo says smoking block with spike proteins, you know, and this is true. These are all a little, you know, things that that is true. Yes. Cause I'll be honest with you. Um, of all the people that I know died from this, most of them were not smokers at all. We're like anti smoke, you know what I'm saying? So, you, so you got to think like maybe he's on to, to something here, you know, and, and it's crazy right. um, to think about this. Um, but like I said, is I, I, at this point, I will listen to any theory um, because you do, you have to run through every theory in order to come out with, you know, what the most common 
thing is that brings it all together. And we're still looking. We 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 can't even get these people to admit that this was created by someone and released. And it wasn't an accident or a bad escaping a lab or or any right. of this stuff. You know, like, um, yeah. So that's the thing is that, you know, and like Matt and Heb said, like you just said, discernment, 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 discernment is so important. And there was a lot of Christians that I'm not saying didn't have discernment when it came from this. It's they put, they just didn't listen to their discernment. I'm sure there was some little, you know, little angel sitting right there on their shoulder going, Hey, don't take this. It's bad Come for on, you. And right. the little devil scientist Falsy on the other shoulder going, no, you need to take this if you want to be healthy. And they just listened to the wrong one. Trust the science. Trust the science. Exactly. But remember, even Lucifer came disguised as an angel of light. So um, it, it wasn't hard to convince a lot of these people. Fortunately, I think if this was to happen again, I mean, it kind of started to. Remember when they were just about to push the next round and they started putting it out there and they ended up having so many that went bad because people were like, no. You know, because right. people started finally listening, even those people that were so hateful when we talked about it. And I wasn't talking about it to be mean. I was talking about it because we need to consider every single possibility. And um, we just happen to be very skeptical people anymore. But, you know, that's part of it right now. That relation with Christ makes you skeptical about earthly things, and which is why, like I said, if you ask me who I'm voting for today, I'm voting for Trump, but I'm still skeptical. I'm still cautious. So, you know, I'm not throwing every egg in that basket. I'm going to be like, you've got my vote and now my eyes on you. And it's like that with absolutely everything on this earth right now. It is. And then they had people lining up to take this thing. It wasn't like people were even going, no. I'm going to give it six months and see what happens. Yeah. It's it's like, we'll give you a donut. We'll give you yes. a joint. There were literally people that were handing out joints in order to you know, marijuana joints in order to get, um, to Join get lottery to tickets and free strip shows and strip shows. Exactly, man. Boy, they went down that, they went down some crazy places with that, but there was people oh, like every vice you can think of. I wasn't, I wasn't going to get vaccinated, but you weren't talking about donuts at that point either. That's a whole different story, man. Are we talking like glazed donut? Are we talking cake, chocolate? Like, come on, tell me right. what we're talking about. Blueberry, so cream, or are we talking like Emerson's where it's full on nice donuts? And they probably handing out like, like weak old Krispy Kremes. <laughs> what a disappointment. Right. <laughs> it's like, man, I should have had my donut first. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now apparently, I, I guess what you and I, we, we fall on the Gen X, right? Yeah. So we didn't have all this stuff back when we were younger. They didn't talk about this. This whole like generation letter thing is kind of new. So we fall yeah. on the Gen X, but apparently, you know, we've gotten to the Y, we've gotten to the Z, and now we are now in what they're calling Generation Alpha. So I guess they had to start the alphabet over again. Um, actually, no, I guess it's not starting the alphabet over again. I guess they're moving into the Greek alphabet. So it'll be like Alpha, Great. Beta, Charlie, Delta, Epsilon. Yeah. Um, so listen to this little bit right here. This this clip is a little bit longer, um, but this is terrifying. So teachers sound the alarm on Gen Alpha behavioral problems. And the mo majority of the teachers are the cause of this problem. But there are the teachers out there that are like, what in the heck is going on right now? So listen to this. Young Gen Z teachers are talking about the poor behavior of Gen Alpha students. And some of y'all are finally starting to believe us when it comes to how much we've missed the mark on raising these kids right. Because I have gray in my hair and I'm 36 years old, people tend to tune me out as soon as I open my mouth when I start talking about these issues we're seeing in the classroom with our kids these days. So before I go on, why don't we 
review some of the evidence from some of the other creators on this app who might be a little bit more of a relatable age. This is my folder of crying teachers, and they are confused and frightened by the behavior of Gen Alpha. They're saying Gen Alpha is defiant, aggressive, disrespectful, and rude. Having to teach and work with you guys as children has been the most traumatic experience of my life. They don't respect any authority. You ask them, can you stand in your designated spot? They're telling you no and shut up. They're throwing things at each other. They're throwing things at other people, other classmates. You say, can everybody sit in their spot? I don't want to. I'm not doing that. You don't get to tell me what to do. You're not my mom. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny, but these kids are. I'm going to just say this. I teach seventh grade. They are still performing on the fourth grade level. I'm a middle school teacher. I'm also 22 years old. And I will tell you, by far, we are doomed. Like, these kids do not care. Like, I have kids, all they want to do all day long is get high. Like, I need to ask millennials, um, why are your kids so awful? And more importantly, why do you think it's so funny? Your kids cannot read. They cannot write. They are ill-mannered. I've been trying to sound the alarm about Gen Alpha students and their poor behavior in their classrooms, as well as their illiteracy problems since May of last year. But because of my age and how I look every time I make a video about these topics, I'll get people that have never worked with kids or have never spent a day in the classroom as an educator give me lines like, well, you're just old and jaded. If you don't like it and you can't handle it, quit and find another job. Kids have always been like this. Nothing's new in 2023. And then we've got the droves of people that are trying to blame it on COVID and trying to blame it on the lockdown. Us not having any, any sympathy or empathy for students with special needs, even though I never talk about those types of students. And I'm always talking about general population students and the fact that this is an overarching problem with every single kid, even the high achievers, even the ones that don't need IEPs, even the ones that are highly socialized and have a lot of resources coming from home. Teachers that have been in this for one, two, three years are seeing it and they are talking about it. Teachers that are veterans like me that have been in the classroom for over a decade or two or three or nearing retirement are also saying the same thing. Your children are missing the mark on discipline. They're missing the mark on education standards, they're missing the mark on literacy, they're missing the mark on socialization. We can blame it on COVID, we can blame it on iPads raising our kids, we can blame it on the fact that kids don't socialize with each other enough, we can blame it on the economy and the fact that parents don't have time to help their kids learn how to read or don't have time to take their kids to the park anymore. We can blame it on all of those things or we can blame it on none of those things. But it sounds like we're starting to get into a consensus here amongst educators that we have a real problem. And some of y'all need to stop making excuses. You're just blaming the kids. You're just so mean. No, we are not. The problem is, is that we have this generation of parents that doesn't want to take accountability for not doing what they need to do to raise kids that are self-sufficient, that are socialized or kind. And no, it's not the kid's fault. And why does it seem like teachers are the only ones that are talking about it? The people that are talking about it are the ones that work with the kids and not the ones that are raising the kids. Gen Alpha have been raised to believe that they are grown folks, that they can speak to whoever they want, however they want, that violence is the answer. Gen Alpha students are raised in a world that tells them that it's okay to be as nihilistic and individualistic as possible, that they don't have to care about anything or anyone, that they can speak to anybody however they want to speak to them, even though they're only 10, 11, or 12 years old. She's so right. She hit the nail on the head. Like I, she wasn't wrong about absolutely any of that. And you know, a big part of it 
parents, you know what I'm saying? Like lack of God, I think that's probably number one. Um, you know, yeah. the parents, like I said, the, the nuclear family is being destroyed. You, you know, your mom and your dad don't get to spend much time together any longer. One's working while the other one's sleeping, you know, or taking care of that. I mean, it's just, they're not focused on the children. It's easier to get a TV to babysit their kid than sitting down and spending quality time and taking your kid out hunting, teach them how to play baseball, you know, any number one of those things. And then our government is the biggest part of this right here because they're allowing this in school. They're pushing this whole equity thing. They hire teachers. Um, if you're a conservative teacher with good old fashioned values, they won't hire you. You know what I'm saying? Instead, they hire these teachers that literally um, put this stuff through. They allow their kids to walk all over them. They have no control anymore. Um, if, if given the choice between being a teacher or working at a fast food restaurant, I will work at the fast food restaurant because they basically pay about the same um, and it's safer. Yeah, you don't have all these kids to deal with that are unruly. Because uh, I would, I would have a rough time. I don't, I don't have that issue with my baseball team kids. They're all good, respectful thirteen-year-olds at this point. Their parents have all raised them well. They also get in trouble when they do things wrong. No, exactly. You know, um, True Patriot says you know because of the internet raised their kids, and and that's the truth. And that's the thing is that you know, no one sets the the markers or, you know, the, the, uh, security controls in their computers so their kids can't just go in and look at anything. So kids come across everything, you know, I, porn, um, is probably one of the greatest things right here. When we were younger, you know, we didn't have the internet, you know what I'm saying? So what you were you have with nudie magazines? You didn't see any boobies. No, no, we, we were, we were still <laughs> like, you know, if you were to throw like a nudie magazine or, um, a soccer ball in front of me. I'm going for the soccer ball, the surfboard, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where our focus was, you know, today, um, everything is hypersexualized. You can't watch TV without a commercial coming on, you know, back in the day, even like I love Lucy and things like that, you know, even they weren't married. So they slept in separate beds on the show, even though they were married on the show today, right. you know, three people, mostly naked on your regular everyday average television. Like what we see on on network television today, Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC, those things was like with Skinamax back in the day. You know what I'm saying? It was like softcore porn, you know, but this is what you see um, on every, um, almost every show at one time, I would say past eight o'clock, but now it doesn't even matter. Anytime during the day, it, it's insane. Oh, it's yeah. It's any time of the day. And no, none of it's a baseball team. And no, Steve, none of the kids used tobacco on the team. Their parents would kill them. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, you know, so it's well, for, we're, we're behind the times in Kentucky a little bit, even on the education front. We were 50th for a long time in national rankings of education. So I think our students are a little behind and our parents are a little behind in that there's still discipline that happens a lot around here. Yeah, but yeah, see, and that's the thing, though, is that, you know, <laughs> Kentucky would have been one of those states that people made fun of at one time. Right, You know, but the thing is, though, is that these kids are wiser than, you know, a lot of the other kids. Um, you know, you get into the big cities and you have to deal with this kind of stuff, but you get out of the cities and you don't have to deal with this stuff at all. As a matter of fact, um, right here in Flemingsburg, where I live, the school was supposed to start like a week or two earlier than it did. You know, it was supposed to go on schedule, but they didn't have enough teachers. And the reason that was is because they're picky about who they hire. They won't hire someone who's a progressive, who's, you know, going to push, you know, hang an LGBTQ flag up in their, in their school, you know? So 
Every, Might have to come down there and coach their baseball team. For oh their yeah, high totally, totally, man. You got this. Is like the corn-fed people here, man. They're all like you know, Kentuckians are like built athletes, hunters, you know, but they know how to survive. You know, those are the skills that we're going to need coming up. You know, so so make fun of it all you want to. I've said this before. You, you know, who would you choose? Would you, if you were to go to war, would you prefer the burly man or the resourceful man? You know, I'm going to go for the resourceful man. I'm going to go for the, I'm going to be friends with the guy that can take four broken lawnmowers and make a functioning air conditioning. That's who I'm right. going for. I don't care about the lawyers. I don't care about, you know, any of those people, the suspended wear, um, suit wearing people don't care about that. I'm going for the resourceful person because they're the ones that are going to ultimately help us live. Yes. Especially yeah. in the times that we're coming up because, you know, we talk about like the two way, the, the guns and so forth. And, and they'll say, well, the guns are the problem. Well, any of you that grew up um, going to school, I, I wasn't going to school in the 70s. I wasn't going to high school in the 70s. But if you owned a car and you were driving to school in the 70s, chances are if you had your truck or whatever, you had a rifle mounted in the back of your vehicle. And you'd drive right up into the school. You'd park it. You'd go to your classes for the day. You'd leave. There was never a problem. They got rid of the... The guns in the back of the trucks and the smoking section at the high school I went to when I was a ninth grader. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was 1989, 1990. Yep. So and even when I was uh, my freshman year was the year that they got rid of home ec. They got rid of uh, auto mechanics, you know, or auto shop. Those are things that are so important for people to learn because it helps you to be self-sufficient. Rather than having to go spend five thousand dollars to get your blinker fluid changed, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's, you know, they 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 did that on purpose because they don't want us to rely on anybody but them. Now they're moving on to the electric vehicles. They're, they're they just change up their tactics every every so many generations, and then we fall right back into it. But um, like I said, his auto body was removed my freshman year, so I never had an opportunity. So fortunately, um, I had some some good veteran, you know, Vietnam veterans and stuff in my life that taught me how to do at least the simple things, change oil, change a tire, you know, fix your brakes, you know, th those kind of things. Um, that taught me how to do everything like plumbing, framing, roofing, yeah. electrical, mechanical. He, there was nothing he didn't fix himself. Yeah. See, and that was one thing that my, my grandfather told me was, you know, um, a poor man is forced to be a resourceful man. So if you want to be a good husband, this is what you need to do. You need to go out and learn how to do things yourself. So what did I do is I used, I seized opportunities. You know, I would go to college for my degree, but obviously I had to pay for college. I had to pay for my apartment. So forth. So I would take jobs that would allow me to learn. So I took a uh, apartment maintenance can, um, you know, reconstruction of old, um, 1800s homes, you know, that kind of thing. So I got to learn everything from carpentry to plumbing, to electric, to how to fix a refrigerator, a toilet, you know, all these little things that have come in really handy in my life. I can't tell you how much money I have saved right here on this house that we purchased because I knew how to do that stuff. And I'm thankful that you you came over. Nathan um, helped me do a lot of it because you guys were kind of bred the same way I was as you grew up learning how to be resourceful, how to take care of these things and, you know, and 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 you're loving helpful people so you jumped at the chance to come over and give us a hand um you know getting this this house together um you know so 
but that's the thing though, is that fortunately we, we took the time to learn that stuff. And these are valuable skills that these children today have no clue about. All they have to do, they don't realize how fortunate they are with the internet to be able to go to YouTube and YouTube and literally learn how to do anything that you want to. Oh man. It's, I use it so often like, Oh, I don't know exactly how to do this function of this task or whatever it is. And I use it all the time. It would have been an amazing resource to have 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. 25 years ago. Like, I don't know how to do this. Let me go look and watch somebody actually go through this process. Yeah, it's suspicious, Lily. I actually need to go out and put the air in my my winter tires right now. You know, the little orange, uh, the little orange sign comes up there and then you're like, ah. They'll be fine. They're not, you know, you really got to get out. I got to get out there and do that. The problem now, though, is that it, it's crazy how hard it is to find the uh, air compressors, even at gas stations anymore. They're always broken, always they, out of order. They are never functioning properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't, uh, my TPS MS sensors and my tires are disconnected. My light's always on. Oh, yeah. And of course, Matt and Heaven, I'm going to go with the premium air. Come on. What do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna nitrogen get, inflation. I'm going to get Supreme, Supreme air, the good stuff. It costs a little more, but it's worth it. <laughs> you know, while I'm getting my blinker fluid changed. Um, so this is interesting right here. So I told you I was going to talk about um, uh, Melee or whatever his name is, the Argentinian, the new Argentinian president. So listen to this right here. 18 days ago, President Javier Melee was inaugurated in Argentina. This is what he has done since then. Keep in mind, 18 days, eliminated 12 out of 21 cabinet posts, fired 6,000 government employees, ended 380,000 government regulations, banned woke language in the military, bill to affirm the right to self-defense, bill to legalize homeschooling for children, proposal to punish all riot organizers, future welfare cuts for road blocking, legalizing... Um, Legalized uh, paying contracts in Bitcoin, privatization of state-run companies, opening up the Argentinian oil industry. 18 days? 18 days. And this guy doesn't do anything. Okay, technically it was 19 days because I found this yesterday. So 19 days. It doesn't take long if you actually do it. No, if you're actually doing what you need to do. It's amazing what you can get done. That's that's our government is such a dog and pony show all the time. It's all bull crap all the time. And it would literally take like a month to actually fix things. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to fire a lot of people. But but just, yeah, exactly. And Tough. you know, I'm hoping that, that Trump comes in, you know, and does the same thing and just literally starts like reorganizing all the three letter agencies, like getting rid of of certain things that are a waste of money, things we don't need, like uh like, to the wind, like teaching seahorses how to run on land. And I'm being facetious, but there's all kinds <laughs> of weird little like things that they did. They spend billions and billions of dollars on. Um, exact Matt, I mean, it's a total rehaul is what we're looking at. We need to literally change the entire system. The temple needs to come down and needs to be completely rebuilt. But what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the president who has spent more time on vacation than he has working. Um, if, if he did any work at all, I mean, I think it's still Obama. He's just a mouthpiece. He's on vacation right now. We've got um, one of the biggest caravans ever coming up our direction right now. Um, going to be passing the border here in the next couple of days. We've had um, millions of people come into this country during this administration. 
we've had um hundred or, or just under a hundred thousand or something over the last couple of months come into this country. Um, but these are the type of people that we work with. So this lady right here, her name is um Shana Bellows. She is uh out of um Maine. I believe it's Maine. Um, yeah, Maine, Secretary of State. This is one of her old tweets. This came from 1 4 2022. The fundamental right of any American citizen to vote freely, fairly, and have their vote counted is the premise of our democracy. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights are not values to be compromised away. Okay, this came out of this woman. And what did she do today? She removed Trump from the ballot in Maine. See, these people, was that? Where she did. Yeah. Th these people are the biggest hypocrites, but this is why we don't get anywhere. This is why nothing gets done. They will lie to you. And then people will be like, yeah, you're right. You know, when she's out there supporting, you know, we're not a democracy anyways, we're, we're a, a constitutional Republic, but I'm just going to let that go for the moment. Um, but she's out there, you know, saying we need this, we need to support this democracy and so forth. We got to stand by the constitution and so forth until it's convenient for them. And does she, does she remember that she probably put this up? Yeah, she remembers. They don't care and people forget. And then you'll put these things up and people are now it's gotten even worse. Cause they're like, that's AI generated. They, this is a dangerous card right here with AI is that no one from here on out is going to know what's real and what's not. And they can always fall behind. That wasn't me. That was AI. Yeah. And True Patriot says it'll be a nothing burger just like Colorado. And I agree with that too. Once the Supreme Court gets it in their hands. But even the one in Colorado is stipulations. They have put them back on the ballot unless the Supreme Court sides with them or denies the case in which they will take them off again. Um, but we all know, or we're about to learn that our Supreme Court are all corrupt. One of those right. two things about to happen. Um you know, and nothing surprises me anymore because most of them I don't trust. Even some of the ones that I thought I trusted, um, I go back and forth on. So I'm really not sure. Well, they're um, going to push until we do something. Yeah. You know, so That's the you know, ultimate they, goal is to push us until something is done. They're going to push, 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 and they're going to keep on pushing. Um, you know, and then we got this right here. So this is a Spanish speaking radio in San Diego is openly discussing how to as uh, Saki would say, Pasaki, circle back, around into Mexico and collect another $2,200 each time. One caller has been through the border four times at $2,200 per making um, $8,800 a month. Man, that's so, a good living wage right there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like I said, follow my vacation advice that I gave you guys a couple of weeks ago. You guys want a nice vacation just get down to Mexico somehow come up here. You'll get a free ticket anywhere you want to in the country and you'll get $2,200 to spend per person. I mean, that's like great. Sweet. Just don't tell them you're a citizen. No, just learn the term. No habla anglais. Right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Although I don't think I would pass as a very good Mexican. They'd probably be like, Asitas money. Yeah. You are not from South America. <laughs> you're too white. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although I'm there was, South African. was that I'm South African, I mean, hey, we can be exactly Musk or, or yeah, like Elon, man. He, he's from he's a South African. Matthews, Charlize Theon. Oh, yeah. Charlize Theron. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, th this is crazy. Like what these people are doing right now. 
um, like I said, four times coming over this country, collecting 2,200 bucks around. I mean, that's just insane, you know? Right. And, and I, I was, I was upset that we're paying any money whatsoever. Um, but Hey, this is all about one thing, you know, just like this group is coming up. I literally sat here for um, 20 minutes watching one of the long videos that they had of this caravan coming out just so I could count the women and the children. Okay. You know how many I counted during that 20 minute video shot? Five. There were eight women and zero children. I was close. Yeah. I saw eight women, zero children, and every man was uh, military age. So their uncles, uncles and aunts or uncles and brothers. And okay. I don't know what else they'd be. Well, that's they're all. Yeah, it's what it is. And, and, and basically what they're doing is they're depleting our military. They're making us <laughs> to the point where nobody wants to join our military. They're going to have to fill those spots in the military. So they're going to do the same thing that they did with the police. There have been multiple states that are now allowing illegal immigrants to become police officers and oh man, this summer you should have seen how red my face got when I first when I first came across this. Then I came across multiple other articles that were written about the same thing. They they're, are now making it. They're they're making it. Um, they're making it so easy for illegals to purchase firearms now. They don't have to go through the background checks that we go through because how do you do it? They don't have to have their license or anything. They can just walk in from another country purchase firearms while they're trying to make it near impossible for us to be able to purchase firearms, even ammunition, you know, at this point, they're, they're going to start, um, they're doing everything they can to either make it cost too much for people to afford or, and then that's really dangerous itself because how do you learn, how do you learn responsible gun ownership? You go to the range, you fire them, but when you're going to be paying two bucks for a nine mil bullet, who's going to go to the range anymore? We're going to hold Go this. We're going to hoard it, man, in case we need it. You know, so so now they're making it, you know, people irresponsible gun owners. They're not giving them the chance to go and how to learn it. Because trust me, the last thing you want to do is own a gun and then have to use it and then not and, know how to. Yeah. You know, um, and now guns, the, are not, guns are not made to be bludgeoning tools. No, exactly. Like, you, you, you know, and I've always said this, too, is I, I am a. Second Amendment, 100% carry without a license person. You should be able to open, conceal carry anywhere in this country. Um, but I also feel as a gun owner that you should be responsible enough to, at the very least, sit down and watch a bunch of YouTube videos on, on how to understand trigger discipline, loading your gun, cocking it. You know, um, I'm so bad about it that, um, that if I like literally pull the uh, magazine out empty my chamber and put my gun down on a counter and there's no one in my house. The first thing I do when I go to pick up that gun is check the chamber again, even though I literally may have done it like 10 minutes earlier because I walked away and I walked back up to it. I check it. You know what I'm saying? Because for all I know, cash for the ghost may have put around in my chamber. I I know that's stupid, but you know, but the thing it's is though, ghosts are friendly. Yeah, Casper is friendly. I, I, maybe that was the wrong one, man. It would be like uh, Lucifer coming in here and sticking a bullet in the chamber. But that's the thing, though. Responsible gun owners understand, A, trigger discipline. You don't ever aim at anything that you don't plan on shooting. You never put your finger on a trigger until you're about to use that trigger. I mean, there's just certain things that I think that every gun owner should learn, much less, um, you know, most gun owners that walk around with their guns don't have their gun engaged. You know it should saying? be practiced motor memory. Motor, exactly. Like, cause they, they sell the, the fake bullets. 
that you can right. put in your gun and you can practice engaging and disengage, you know, that, that you could practice in a safe manner. Um, and they've also got those things that Scott um, sells on his, uh, or that he does the advertising for on his show, which are the little, um, like laser target I pros. Exactly. Know. Thank you. Truth Patriot target pros. Exactly. And those are, those are great too. And matter of fact, the reason I really like those is because you know, there's nothing in your gun. You can put the target pro on like your dog and let it run around the house. Because remember anything that you're going to be shooting at for protection, isn't going to be standing still like a target. Yeah, you don't get a lot of static targets in a defensive situation. Exactly. So so you go into your closet, you pull out your closet lemurs that you have in case the zombie pandemic comes around. And you just put one of those little target pros on there and let them run around the house. <laughs> I'm teasing, guys. I know Mimo's like, no, I'm totally teasing. Um, you could always go to New York and shoot shoot uh, sewer rats. Yeah, hey, rats. there we go. There we go. That's perfect target practice. Um, oh, wait, you can't shoot a gun in New York. Nope, exactly. Matter of fact, I was something that I saw today too. Talking, you know, the guy was saying how the 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 country is like mostly all red. It's not a blue country. You got blue cities, but you don't have um, necessarily blue states. And I agree with that for the most part. But he was like, the guy was like, "What about California?" He goes, "You want to know about California? If you were to have a gun class and you were to promote that right here, that gun class would sell out by the time I finish this sentence." And he's right. <laughs> Yeah. He's totally right. Um, so here's this one right here that I'm going to read this. And then, uh, you know, this is what I was told we were talking about earlier. So vaccines are moving the God gene. This isn't Bill Gates speaking. Um, it is someone far more sinister who has been working in the shadows under Dr. Fauci. So Fauci's NIH eugenist puppet employee, Dean Hammer or Hamer, who believes that a person's capacity to believe in God is linked to this gene that we were discussing. Um, and this guy's response is what I like. He said, sounds like Lucifer knows that he got it wrong the first time. And now he's making another go, another go round. Um, this is part of where God does the final smackdown and sheer audacity goes beyond comprehension. I guess they haven't read the part where we are told that nothing can separate us from God. Nothing. So that response is what I loved about that um, whole thing right there. And I agree with that a hundred percent, you know, um, Nothing's going to be able to separate. They can do anything they want to on this earth, but God rules everything. Remember, is that even Satan was created by our creator. Right. Um, it's always a willful, a willful combination and a willful separation. Exactly. Man, so that, that I'm going to say one more thing here, and then uh, we'll move on to the prayer, man. That, that show went by super quick. It's already 1157. Unbelievable. Um, so this right here can't believe that Planned Parenthood is now asking for monthly donations. Their commercials are the exact same model as St. Jude, which is perverse um, for them to do. $19 a month and you get a free t-shirt. Crazy. With all the government funding, why do they need uh, donations? I don't know. They're running out of baby sacrificing money, and that's ultimately what this is. People think that, you know, because Moloch isn't like in our face anymore and they're just not chunking babies in the fire that the baby sacrifice isn't going on. This is what this is. This is new age. The The thing is, is they just get people to, to buy it, to, to buy into it. They literally go in and they, they see back in the day, man, they at least have to steal your baby to do it today. You're like, here's 500 bucks. Take my baby and sacrifice it. Like this is scary stuff, but this is how bad Satan has infiltrated this earth and why it's more important for us to come together. Um, 
to do these whatever you're doing with the fetuses after you abort them as well. That, and that's the most sinister part of all is is the darkness of what they're actually doing with this. And not only do they sacrifice the baby to mullet, Satan, Beelzebub, whatever you want to call it, um, they're actually profiting off of this. So they make the money for the abortion and then they sell it, make a lot of money, you know, selling out parts or for food. I don't think I'm gonna get into that. It that's a whole that's a whole show right there. Right. Um and then finally, I do want to say one last thing too here. And this was just hilarious. Listen to this little clip right here. I love children. This is awesome. This is to Nikki Haley at one of her rallies. I want to ask you, so Chris Christie thinks that you're a flip-flopper on the Donald Trump issue. And honestly, I agree with him. <laughs> you're basically the new John Kerry. On the <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. And I... I I can promise you that probably came from a kid or from a kid's parents, but that was hilarious. You're like, and I agree with them. Matter of fact, you're like today's John Kerry. That was just so awesome. And for those of you that are wondering with all the rumors that CBS, NBC, ABC, and all them are pushing out is Nikki Haley being considered by Donald Trump to be his VP. Well, here's your answer. Donald Trump literally called her a globalist rhino today. So yeah. That that's not going to happen. They just started up this rumor, and I've got a theory on this. this. Is what I think happened. Trump's still trying to figure out um, the new people who we can trust, who are loyal. So he whispers something in someone's ear, like "I'm contemplating getting Nikki Haley as my VP," and then all of a sudden it pops up all over the news media, and he's like, "Yeah, idiot, you were the only one that I told that to." That's my theory on that. You're fired. Yep, you're fired. <coughs> you're fired. fired. I can't, I can never do a good Trump impression. I'm going to get fresh in here. Fresh, come on in here, man, and do your Trump impersonation. I can't tell the difference between him and Trump. And then finally, before a prayer, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Proverbs 27, 17. And I've got loads of beautiful examples of my life just recently, um, just within the last couple of days, just beautiful people that are here for us, like we are all here for one another. And it's a true story. Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. And that's just very true. So uh, we're going to end in a little prayer, guys. I know I went a little bit over. um, But, hey, I'm not running into another show tonight. So I guess it's not a problem. I guess there's no more Fishers of Men. Um, I don't know if that started now or that's coming up, but no more Fishers of Men. But once again, I want to remind you that there will be no shows. Uh, I'll be back on Monday for sure. As a matter of fact, I may be back on Monday with, guess who? The Conley. You guys remember Conley Monday? Oh, yeah, that's right. Conley's going to be coming back on the show. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I will get into my prayer. Exactly. My prayers are never short. So hang tight, guys. we got about another 10 minutes at least in this. We'll we'll see. But uh, if everybody would please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for another day. Thank you for putting a smile on everyone's face even during this, this chaos. Lord, these days become more and more difficult, but they're more and more wonderful because of you being in our lives. And dear Lord, the chaos in this world is is easier to tolerate knowing that you have our backs and that you have us in a mission. Father, you could have blessed us to be put on this earth any times in our lives, but you didn't. You picked us to be here at this moment. And not only did you pick us to be here at this moment, you led us to that path to where we have that relationship with you. And once that happened, you led us to this beautiful family that I'm looking at right here in this chat. Dear Lord, it's growing bigger and bigger and bigger every day. And one day, dear Lord, there's going to be so many Christians on this earth. And we need that to happen because if we're going to make any change on this earth before you come back and take us home, 
we have a big job to do and it's spreading the gospel, letting people know the excitement, the true love and the beauty of having you in our lives, dear Lord, all the blessings that you answer, all the prayers that you answer every single day, dear Lord, there's nothing that I can look at. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can see where I don't see you in it, dear Lord. And I hope when other people see me, they see you within me, just like I see you within others. Dear Lord, thank you for giving us courage and strength. Dear Lord, thank you for answering those prayers and putting the things into our lives. Sometimes we don't understand why. We ask God why. Why have you done this to us? But if we just took a little bit of time, everything comes into perspective. We understand that you only put into our lives what we can handle and things that strengthen us. And I'm blessed for that, dear Lord. So I'm sorry for ever questioning you, dear Lord. And even as the good Christians, we all question at some point, dear Lord, but we build our faith stronger once we get through the turmoil, the tribulations, the trials that we're going through. Thank you for all the beautiful people that you brought into our lives, dear Lord, which help in every way that they can. True, sincere souls. And, and there's a few in particular right now that I'm speaking to directly, and you know who I'm talking to. So I love you and thank you. But Father, thank you for putting all these people into our lives. Thank you for all the prayer warriors. Thank you for letting us get past the little quips that we have with each other and becoming stronger, dear Lord, and unifying with each other. Dear Lord, forgive us for all the wrongs that we have done for all of our sins, dear Lord. But thank you for helping us to be better people every day. Thank you for reminding us and letting us see our sins and seeing our wrongs immediately and, and immediately repenting for what we've done. And Father, perhaps one day there will be a day where I don't have to repent. I've been a good boy all day long. But dear Lord, thank you for forgiving me during those days every day that we do have to repent apologize whether it be saying an unchristian word thinking an unchristian temporary unchristian thought about what we want to do to the evil people in this world dear lord give us calmness and patience during these times dear lord don't let pulling the sword from the sheath or throwing the rock be the first thing that we do let us be diplomatic first and foremost let us try to engage in a christ-like way but dear lord let us also be ready to pull that sword and throw that rock if things get worse than we can handle with just diplomacy and speaking the word and the truth. Dear Lord, there's been many times in the Bible where things have had to escalate to violence, but it was not for hate. It wasn't for anger. It was for a greater cause. It was for defending those that were weaker, defending those that couldn't help themselves, being there for the widowers, being there for the orphans. Dear Lord, let us always be ready to stand up and do what we can. Let us be willing to lay our lives down. And I don't think there's a one of us here tonight, dear Lord, that would not be willing to lay our lives down in your service. So dear Lord, if it comes to the battlefield, let us fear not the bullet. Let us fear not the enemy. Let us stand behind each other. Get strength in the numbers, dear Lord, knowing that you are standing right by us in this great battle. But dear Lord, we also understand that although you don't need us, you want us to need you. And you, dear Lord, you, you use us down here on this earth to be your arms, your legs, and your mouth to make the change on this earth. So, dear Lord, don't let us sit idle ever. Let us stand up every day and do something to make change in this world. Let us talk to a total stranger about you. Let us wear clothing that has proverbs on it, that has verses on it, dear Lord, that begins the conversation. And one day somebody else that doesn't know you is going to walk up and become part of that conversation. And the seed may be planted now. They may not be ready to accept what we are telling them, the beauty that you offer us. But one day that seed's going to grow, Father. And it's all because of something that we may have done days earlier, weeks earlier, months earlier, years earlier. Dear Lord, you are working in our lives more than we ever know, just like you worked in my life and you've turned my life around. You allowed me to find that one thing 
that gives meaning to life, and that is a relationship with you. So, dear Lord, continue to work in all of our lives and help us build our faith more and more every day, but also let us help others build their faith and maybe some of those to help find their faith to begin with, dear Lord. We're in the battle, but dear Lord, the war is not over, and we have a long war ahead of us, and we all understand that. So, dear Lord, give us the wisdom, the discernment, the strength, the courage, and everything else that we're going to need in our artillery bag. Let us never cease praying, dear Lord. If we have a spare moment, we've got nothing to do, let us utilize that time just to pray again. Dear Lord, we can never pray enough. Let us begin our days in prayer. Let us end our days in prayer. Let us fill each day with as much prayer as we possibly can. But Father, thank you for bringing these people, your children, together to inspire one another, to reach out to one another, to give us the strength on those days where we may be weak, to help lift us up when we trip on that narrow path, dear Lord, because not every day is going to be easy, but you bless us enough to where we're not all down on the same day. Some of us are strong while others are weak, and we're here to lift each other up. And one day, those people are going to be here to lift me up on a day where I'm weak. And I am so thankful for that. Thank you for all the love, all the grace that we have with one another, dear Lord, and that you give to us every single day. Let us have patience with our enemies, dear Lord. Let us always learn to forgive. We don't have to forget, dear Lord, but we need to learn true forgiveness. When we pray for our enemies, let it be sincere prayer. Not just words coming from our mouth, but the words coming from our heart. Those words that you can hear without our lips even moving. Dear Lord, because you can take some of the worst people on this earth and turn them into some of your greatest warriors. Dear Lord, I'm an example of that. I turned, I was a, not a great person growing up. I went down some wrong paths, as you know. I took drugs. I was very self-destructive. They were outwardly destructive, but you turned my life around. You filled my void, dear Lord. You, you removed the poison from my body, and you filled the void with your love, your grace, your mercy, and I thank you for that. So, dear Lord, as the gift that you have given to us, let us pass that gift on to others so that they may find the same love, the same peace that we found the day we accepted you into our hearts. Dear Lord, we love you with all of our hearts, and we just ask that you continue to pray for, pray for all of those people or answer the prayers for all those people that are reaching out to you during these times with health issues, with financial issues, with stress in their lives, dear Lord. Just work in their lives. Change it. Turn that smile or that frown upside down. Let them smile. Let them find that power and the strength within you again, dear Lord, so they can get back on the battlefield and continue to do exactly what we're doing right now, and that is spreading your heavenly word. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, that was only a 10-minute prayer. Awesome. Actually, 9 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> I get really long-winded sometimes with my prayers. Um, but like I said, there's a lot to pray about right now. And uh, that's one thing that I love about all of you that have doing so much, you know what I'm saying? Praying for, I've watched this chat as much as I possibly can. I try to bring as many of you into it and I wish I could read everything, but I see a lot of people reaching out, giving prayers right here in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, all day long, you know, my phone beeps all day long. I, for some reason I can't respond on signal, but I can get, um, what's coming through and my phone beeps all day long. And why is it beeping all day long? Because it's filled with beeps of love, beeps of prayers. Like it's, it's never, ever ending. I'm talking throughout the night. And I think this is just absolutely amazing because we understand the importance of coming together and why God put us all together for this very, very reason. So I love you all very, very much um, with all of my heart. I am so thankful for the, all that you do because there are no big things or little things when you're doing God's service. 
they're all huge things. And that's the brilliance of what God has done by putting us all together. And John, I say it every week, dude. I say it when I'm not online on, on the show with you. I love you, brother. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life. I'm so grateful to have you on the show every Thursday. And I'm grateful that you live right down the road from us, man. Um, we, like I said, our family's growing. Um, some people I can't mention who are going to be heading over this way. Um, quite yet. They'll mention it when they're ready to do so. You're here. Got Matt and Hev right here. We got Ed that's coming over. We got Footloose. Literally, we're, we're going to have our own little like Bible community like right here. I'm literally going to be utilizing that little fireplace to have a little um, spiritual powwow sitting around there reading scriptures and stuff like that. It's going to be awesome. Beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely is. And uh, I know you and I will be getting together here soon, man. And I look forward, I always look forward to seeing you, man. I'll make sure to have a, a good dinner um, on the grill when you come here. Some ribs, something, good, good old, something Kentuckian, man. Bourbon ribs. How's that sound? Sounds delicious. Or, or moonshine, <laughs> moonshine ribs. <laughs> we'll cook all the alcohol out of it, obviously. Um, but once again, man, brother, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, our conversations always go by real fast. They do. Thanks for having me. I love being here with you, brother. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said, God blesses in so many ways. And, you know, like I said, I'd never, you would ask me a year ago that I'd be living right down the road from John. I would have, I wouldn't have even thought about that. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully one day we'll, we'll get all of you up here. We'll just build like Flemingsburg will be like a big community of all of us in like one little spot. It's going to be awesome. But, uh, Brother, have an absolutely blessed night, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Another great conversation as well. We didn't have to talk about naps. That was our topic for the night, naps. Oh, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't need to talk about it. Um, but thank you as always, brother. And thank all of you out here. You guys are amazing. Thank you for all that you do. Love you with all of the heart. Like I said, this is, you know, no matter where you go, and as much as I love having you guys right here, as much as I would love everybody to join us every single night, the importance isn't the messenger, it's the message. So find a place, find that family, be with the family, connect with that family, get into the word of God, talk about scripture, no matter where it is, the importance is the message. And God is working through multiple shows, thousands of shows. I don't even know all that are out there that are doing the same exact thing, trying to spread that word, get people closer to God, and then coming together as a family. And you guys are the greatest family ever. And I am forever grateful. That being said, guys, remember, um, I'm going to be uh, more than likely heading over to, to Carolina this weekend to see my dad, to check up on him if um, if things go downhill. So we'll not be having a show tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday. We will back on Monday, more than likely with the Conley. We're going to put that in writing here soon. I'll know for sure here soon. I'm looking forward to that as well because that's always, that's always hilarious, always a funny show. And then uh, we'll have some other guests on next week as well. But, guys, I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful evening. Thank you for listening to Kilt the Christian, episode 512, MSM Liars, Thursday. We will see you Monday, and if things do work out and I don't leave, I will put up on our Kilted Christian Telegram that we will be doing a show, especially if Jeff feels up to it. But I love you all very, very much with all of my heart. Have a beautiful night, and I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What's so proudly held at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the red upon
once we watched was so gallantly streaming and the rockets record the bombs bursting in there gave proof through the night that our flag was guys was nothing to worry about because we are so fortunate enough to know how this ends god wins so let go of the stress fear not let go of all your anxiety hold that line keep in scripture pray 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 god's going to get us through this just fine he's given us everything that we need but we also need one another guys i love you all very very much we will see you soon for kilted christian episode 513 have an absolutely beautiful and blessed weekend i love you and God bless.